0: This is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media.
1: Hey, yo, this is Ali Muhammad, the voice of your choice, and we are in the conversation this week with Felicia Megan Gordon, and we are tackling some tough topics here. We're asking some hard and not so hard
0: questions. This is where the fuckboys need to tune in. Get in the conversation. Time for the In The Conversation podcast with funny man Damian Lemon, crazy East Dominican, you know Vladimir Kamayo, my
1: cool man from the county of D, Ali Muhammad. Yeah, you are now in the conversation. This is Ali Muhammad, and as you see, D Lemon is not in. He's shooting the last few episodes of Comedy Knockout, and on my left-hand side, Vladimir Kamayo is not here this weekend, so guess what? I'm home alone, holding down the conversation. You know what I'm saying? But I do have guests. My guest today is Felicia Gordon, quintessential New Yorker, very uh, smart girl. Yeah, she's from the island of unicorns and black girl magic. And she's here to grace us with her presence. Felicia, how are you doing?
0: I'm great. How are you, Ali? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing well. <laughs> but
1: but for real, Felicia, she she runs a site called Those People. And, you know, she's going to tell us a little bit about that right now to get it started so you all catch up on uh, things she's into.
0: Okay. We launched um, Those People in 2015. It used to be called Culture Club. It's on a platform called Medium. And it's basically um, a site where People tell their stories. Um, those people tell their stories. Pretty much um, everyone writing for us is black. And that is the perspective from which we we tell all of our stories. We stopped publishing not too long ago, but we're ramping up again in September. So please come check us out. Um, no. And I'm excited to start, start it up again.
1: So with the refresh, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, what are you guys going to do this? Do different. Than, than what you've been doing.
0: You're gonna see audio, visuals, um, video, uh, not just not just the written word. So hopefully it'll be more dynamic for everybody. Oh, video, huh? I'll mm-hmm. let you boy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I will. Don't <laughs> let's, worry. Let's
1: get some collaboration going.
0: <laughs> Don't worry.
1: No doubt, no doubt. So those people is ramping back up. So yep. you know, um, how did how did you get started with it? I know with culture club. You came out with that and you were doing, it was not just the words, it was, you know what I'm saying, some creative endeavors that you had going with it.
0: We, um, it was actually kind of by mistake. I was never a writer, um, but I became a writer in 2013 because the internet needs content. And I had friends who um, thought I could do it. And I'd always been kind of in the publishing world. In fact, we met at a little magazine called Vibe,
1: yeah, little Magazine vibe. You know, F- Felicia was there. She's an alumni. You know, everybody knows D Lemon. Me and D Lemon are uh, from Vibe. So, Bevy, who came on the show? Yeah, you know, so, a lot of Vibe alumni here.
0: So, I have a little history with publishing, Um and however, I had never really engaged with the internet in that way. So, I was a little terrified of putting myself out there. What the re- what the reaction would be? Kind of you know, putting my thoughts and my life out there um, for the first time. And I did it. I started writing. I started writing for Medium initially. And then they said, well, can you just start writing about one thing? And I said, okay, well, I actually, the thing that interests me most is is race. Race and class are the two things that interest me most. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started writing only about that. Then they said, well, can you just invite a whole bunch of other people to write about that? So that began culture club and that's how it started. Um, every step of the way I had no idea what I was doing. Um, thank God I had amazing writers and support and I just, I tried to do the best that I could and tried to be fair to everyone and try to encourage everybody and be open. And it eventually developed into those people, which had a ton of success. It happened to coincide with all of the kind of atrocities that are happening in America right now. Right, so right, right. that's really unfortunately, um, what blew the magazine up. I mean we just happened to be focusing on a on subject matter that became extremely extremely relevant. It's always relevant to me, but right. it became extremely relevant to everybody else. And um so yeah, so here we are. No doubt, for no doubt. 3 years later.
1: 3 years later. Mm-hmm. And then you have a partner with those people or did um, have a partner or not no more
0: So my co-founder was Dexter Thomas. He mm-hmm. um a lot of people know who he is based on his um, his just his writing career in general. He's he's incredible. Um, I was lucky enough that he was one of my early writers at Culture Club, and then he um, wanted to start the new iteration with me, which was fantastic. Unfortunately, he got an incredible job at the LA Times simultaneously. Right.
1: So I think we talked about that on the com- on the on the conversation before. He became the guy for the LA Times who covered Black Twitter.
0: Yes. Right, yeah, so we talked so, about So, yeah, so Dexter Thomas um, left those people, and um, but he still remains a friend to those people, and I now run it with John Lee Fisher, who's an incredible filmmaker, photographer, and writer. Dope. Dope. Yeah, he's on the West Coast.
1: That's what's up, that's what's up.
0: Both of them are, in fact.
1: You're from New York, though,
0: right? I am. I'm from Man, the Upper West Side, just, a, just 10 blocks up from here.
1: Like a real New Yorker.
0: I am a real New Yorker. There are fewer and fewer of us here these days unfortunately for me no doubt i feel like a little bit of an alien (laughs) yeah
1: well you know hey changes change
0: yeah i mean i love i moved further uptown i love where i live now which is harlem i've always loved harlem but i really really love harlem
1: you doing a lot of documenting of harlem on your instagram and such
0: i am so i'm actually starting a a new um photography project i i just completed, probably a year ago, um, my first one. I'm starting my second one um, that solely focuses on Harlem um, and the stories of the people who have lived there and made it what it is.
1: Nice.
0: Yeah. So when, when can we look and for I, that? I got a lot of support for it, so that's kind of nice, too. Um, <laughs> uh, <we> can look, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you can look for it starting. I'll, I'll definitely be starting on social media starting September, mid-September, Okay. Um, and we'll go through... 2017. And so. What's it called? Um, Harlem is here.
1: Harlem is here. Look for that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. So this weekend was kind of like a like a big black New York weekend. You had Afro Punk in town. It was Spike Lee did his uh, block party and <clears throat> and um, we had uh, the VMAs. So it was a lot of a lot of a lot of people in town. A lot of running around. I know you weren't really here. You were just coming back. In time,
0: I was so I missed all the black stuff. Yeah, you missed all the black stuff. Did you catch any other VMAs? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. I um, I watched the clips because I saw my social media blowing up about it, um, particularly about Kanye West's video. Uh huh. Um, and so I definitely watched that. I watched, I watched all pretty much all of the relevant, relevant stuff. So
1: what'd you think about that? I mean, Tiana Taylor kind of blew the internet
0: up. So this is what I think about that. Her body is incredible. Obviously, it's always been incredible. If you mm. followed her career, you know that Tiana Taylor has a beautiful body and I think a beautiful face, which no one really mentions. Interestingly enough, right. um, she and she's from Harlem, right? Don't ask me. I think I think she is. <laughs> anyway, um, she, what I think about that is. What happened to her career? So everyone's talking about her body. This is a woman who's been in the music business for years right. and years and years. This is a woman that has had a career in the business for how long? When when did she start? Well,
1: was she did she was she still dropping music lately?
0: I mean she has. I have to assume that she has tried. I have to assume that she's not that her career is not based on being Kanye's dancer in his music video.
1: Well usually Chris would do that research for us. But he just <laughs> left the building. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, but my
0: my point is just that everyone's talking about her body, and yet she's been in the music industry for many years.
1: And I I think maybe maybe I think that was the point. What that that Kanye put up front and center in a situation where he knew it was going to be a lot of eyeballs, a lot of career changing moments, as you know as he came out to Make That Bitch Famous on the same Mm -hmm. stage where he made, uh, where he claims to make Taylor Swift famous. And he was going to put Tiana Taylor front and center on his new video. Maybe that was the point. I think, wasn't she, she wasn't signing him, was she? Was she good music or she was with Pharrell now?
0: I believe initially she was with Pharrell. I'm not sure what what she's doing now. Right. So maybe that was the point. Maybe he was like, you know, I'm going to blow up. So you believe that this is leading to a, a relaunch of her career?
1: I mean, it, it very well could. I mean, if she drops something tomorrow, she got a lot of eyeballs and a lot of people who know her name now.
0: So do you think that this has reignited an interest in like, in what she actually has to give as a singer or rapper? Or do you think that this is just everyone's talking about I'm hitting the gym, I want her body, but no one's really talking about her music, to no, be honest with you? they aren't
1: talking about her music, but this is an opportunity for her to take... The conversation in a direction that she can take it in.
0: Well, last I saw on Twitter, she and Kim were talking about going to the gym together. Well, then maybe that's maybe she's launching a gym line or something. <laughs> yeah. See, this. I mean, this is the thing. I have no problem with the video at all. Um, at, she's beautiful. It's extremely interesting to watch because mm-hmm. just the lines and the as an artist and as um, as someone who who creates images. I think the imagery is, is fantastic. Um, what concerns me is that someone who has had a pretty lengthy career in the music business while she hasn't been as huge as everyone had expected or hoped has been basically reduced to like the fifth iteration of flash dance. You know, I mean, it's, it's, I hope that it leads to something empowering. I'm not right. sure that it will.
1: And see, that's that's interesting because usually in the conversation is three dudes. Mm-hmm. So we would have been ranting and raving about you know her six pack and you know the various moments in the video, right? In, until her husband showed up, and then <laughs> <laughs> and so it's very interesting to have uh, you know a woman's point of view on it because we don't usually have that. So thank you for for you know what I'm saying for joining in and, and giving us another side of the story but I I do think you know what I'm saying I still believe that if that's if she wanted to go in the way of music I think she has enough engagement and eyeballs to to kind of take it down
0: if. okay I wonder if we want that from her at this point or if we just want workout tapes, or if we just want more nudity. Would you listen to issue is she dropped? Absolutely. She drop? I thought she was great. I always thought she was great. So this, I mean, Kanye's been entirely consistent here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, his wife's career is what it is, and I I, I um, kudos to her, seriously, and I mean that, that genuinely. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is always about objectifying women, and whether she... Um, whether she makes money off of it or not the root is and the beginning will be this video it will be based on her body yet again kind so he
1: made it made it, made, it, made another one famous
0: right i don't think that he made taylor swift famous but <laughs> i'm but just i'm just but, saying by his claims right um so the question i guess i have is can we have careers that are based off of um, off of something other than selling our bodies and sex? I mean, it's, it's as cliche and as kind of hackneyed as that topic is. We can. Is this where we always have to start?
1: Nope. But there will always be an element that that can start there.
0: I just wish he could start a conversation that didn't begin with that when it concerns women. That's all. Well, who, him? <laughs> Kanye West. I
1: mean, yes. I mean, I think that's... He's in that lane. That's where he is. You know what I mean. He's proven time and time again that that's what he's about. And as far as as any of the women that he's brought in, Amber Rose, or you know, and and have claimed to made famous, he took it down that road and it
0: worked. Okay.
1: So, So for for his purposes, that is a successful strategy. He's in the house of Kardashian who has used that that formula time and time and time and time again all the way down to newly black China right now who's on the cover of paper pregnant and naked?
0: Okay, so that's the model that we're going going with. I'm not going with it. I'm just saying that's the
1: that's the West the Kardashian West model.
0: but it's detrimental because there really isn't a huge competing narrative. You know, think, that's I mean, that's what's that's what's hard. It's, I
1: think. I think there's a huge competing narrative. You know, what I'm saying not coming you? from men, but I think right now, I always say that right now it feels like black women are having the renaissance that black men had in the 80s and 90s with hip hop, with the imagery. Let's say a Shonda Rhimes mm-hmm. playing Russell Simmons, you know, and. and providing roles and creating roles and writing roles for black women. Um, what Ava DuVernay is doing, um, you know, coming up under that Issa Rae. It's not in music, but it's in it's in film and television, and I think that it's, it's having a big impact. The whole black girl magic movement is is a thing that I see that's not going away. It seems to be rising.
0: What, what troubles me is that the that the Kim Kardashian, am- Amber Rose, and I actually would like to take Amber Rose out of it in a way, but the, mm-hmm. the Kim Kardashian model seems to be affecting our on the ground relationships more than the Ava du- DuVernay um, or the Shonda Rhimes um, models. That's, that's okay. my issue. As, as so, far as what? Um, as far as you better have long hair, a big butt, a tiny waist, and make your own money. And if you don't, you're not really valuable. Valuable. And and by the way, you probably shouldn't be black either.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And if you are, you better be light skinned.
0: (laughs) Something, you know, like
1: yellow bone.
0: Yeah, or your hair better be straight or a little bit curly, or you know, some, you know, a little wavy, and 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 that kind of thing. So
1: you don't think the the natural movement is not is making any traction?
0: I think it's making traction for other women, and that's wonderful for other women. I, in other words, I think that that it's emp- empowering women among among ourselves mm-hmm. but I don't think that it's really um, translating to our relationships like for example, um, there's this wonderful woman who started um, a, this thing called Black Girl magic mm-hmm. um, and I love her She started a Facebook group that was is solely for the purpose of exposing men who basically, throw dick pics at women inappropriately like literally hey how are you okay let me just show you my dick so they have a a group yeah so so they expose the just
1: women in in this group
0: um i'm not sure if if men are in the group too okay um but it's it's kind of a wonderful closed facebook group um that i joined (laughs) (laughs) but i'm saying she started this group called black girl magic these are women who who kind of embody that whole thing and that ethos mm-hmm. and they're getting random dick pics thrown at them and and really awful horrible texts as well that follow up when they say why did you send that to me i didn't ask you for it i'm not interested in it mm-hmm. i thought you were a photographer i thought we had a mutual interest i have a boyfriend i'm not i'm really like not interested in that at all right, right, right. so i guess my my point is i don't think that 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 Ethos is really translating across. This is not a Tribe Called Quest moment where we're, we're doing the black love, um, you know, natural hair, beads thing. There's something else happening.
1: Well, even even Tribe was, you know, very, very, it wasn't widespread as it could have been, you know, because while Tribe was there, you had Luke. So, you know, I'm from, I'm from Miami, you had Luke and you had the whole down south booty base movement. That ran at the same time as Tribe, as the same time as you know Jungle Brothers and all that stuff. So you had these narratives, and the thing about that time versus now is that it seems that you had uh, a diverse narrative. You know, you could go listen to Luke for two songs, you know what I mean, in the club, mm-hmm. and then they will switch to something else, and yes. it, was, it might have a message. Then they might go to the West Coast and they might shoot them up for a minute, but then in voga come on, and then you could you. Put on a slow jam, and then you you know go slow jam, and then the reggae will come on.
0: There was a balance. There was and a balance, and I don't I feel like that's missing yeah. now. And I think a little bit
1: that at least the other side is is actually coming in with imagery, and coming with it, is, it's not as one sided as it was maybe five years ago when it was just Lil Wayne. I, you know, I, I want a yellow bone. You know what I'm saying? Da 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 -da. filet mignon. Okay. So I think.
0: Who are the men that are are kind of promoting these wonderful relationships?
1: um, The Jenna.
0: I'm just
1: playing. <laughs> <laughs> this is my point. Kanye
0: had a moment. Kanye had a moment. And I guess, you know, Tiana Taylor was was there with her husband or whatever. But he had a moment to do something different and he didn't do oh, it. Oh, nah,
1: no. We're not going to wait on Kanye to do nothing different. Okay. Not but the, different in that way. Maybe different for his purposes, but not different in a way of... I wouldn't trust Kanye with the imagery of black women. Okay. And I'm a man.
0: So who are we trusting from the male perspective? I don't think it, it's on the women. I think it's it's on the men. And on the men. It's sort of like when someone asks me why are you single? I'm like, why don't you go ask your friends why I'm single? Why don't you engage them when they're talking crazy in the privacy of your own homes? Because I know it happens. Why don't you know, that's not a question for me, that's a question for you. For me. For you and your friends, yes.
1: Why we talk crazy? I don't talk crazy. <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm just saying, I'm sure you hear it, though. I know. I'm I, sure, yeah, you definitely hear it. You know, I'm sure you hear it. So you so you know why. You know, so it's to kind of... Um, and they have this thing called that I'm just now aware of, which is, I'm embarrassed to say, but gaslighting, where it's about this notion that women are always the crazy ones when we object to a situation that is inherently messed up right right and in general i feel like the focus is always on us to explain why something is the way that it is um as opposed to you know on the men like you guys should actually be telling us why it is and so one of my really close friends actually just started asking she started pulling feelers out she Mm -hmm. said i'm gonna start asking men why this whole phenomenon is going down like why are y'all like this and so she just started, interestingly enough, across the board, the one thing that they all had in common when she asked the question of, like, why... She focused on sex. where mm-hmm. When did you first learn all you... Uh, not all you, all you knew, but when did you first learn about sex or how did you first learn about sex? Uh-huh. And she said, um, across the board, it was porn. Mm-hmm. And so that's a really interesting place to start. There, and, were, there were a couple which, of exceptions. Which,
1: which age range was she hitting with that question?
0: So she was really trying to get at the millennials, but I'm not sure mm-hmm. that she that she necessarily, she got out of range right. in, in the end, but they're youngish, so um, like 30s, okay. early 30s, late 20s, early 30s. Is that right? For the millennial?
1: I guess. I don't know. Anyway. I mean, I, I, I didn't learn sex from porn. Okay. I guess back then you had to have a, a VHS tape. And, you know, it was very hard to bring a a stack of contraband in your parents' house.
0: <laughs> well, they said from their parents' collection. So, like, oh. their uncles or their parents, their fathers or whatever. Yeah, my dad whatever. ain't had that.
1: And um, you, you, you know, you you learn theory. Like, for me, if you ask me that question, I learned theory from my uncles, you know what I'm saying, uh, just in the ether. And, and in sixth grade, Willie Boss stuck it in the hole. Was what does f- that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Willie Barr was the first one we ever, as a group of kids, knew. It was a whole thing that Willie Barr stuck it in the hole, like so he actually put it in, and we was like, "Wow, that's revolutionary!" And that was the our first, you know, concept of of doing it. And you know, Willie Bob was kind of like he was like one of the bad boys, one of the, you know, one of the super cool kids that was, you know, fighting and rough and tumble. Okay. And he had all the cute girls. So that's the first image you have is, okay, the guys who get the girls. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But when it came to actually the, when you actually got the the clinical learning, mm-hmm. of the actual act, I feel like, you know what I'm saying, me, myself, personally, I feel, I feel that everything that i heard didn't match up to to what was actually going on and and i kind of got lucky because the girl who i was with kind of molded me in a way molded me in a way of this is the goal of this whole thing
0: now what we found was the people that she felt were the uh, probably the most normal in general that she'd had the most pleasant reaction uh interactions with Mm -hmm. um just in in real in general not necessarily in sexual or romantic in a romantic way that was their first experience so it was really specific to the women that they had been with now people that she expected to be somewhat disordered in their relationships said porn for the most part um Hmm. and that's interesting tying in with um with kanye and kim in that that sort of like, yeah. you know, quasi, <laughs> right. porn, and if that's our model going
1: forward, and, and it's it's tough, it's tough for somebody like a, a you know a rapper per se, unless he's very conscious of what he's doing and where he's going with it, to kind of tell their stories from their bubble. Like so, if, say if you got Kanye, you got Drake, and you got Wayne, and they spending their life on the road. You know, three o'clock in the morning at the strip club. Tell him a liar. We on the way. That's a whole. That's not even regular life. That's not life that everybody's living. You know what I'm saying?
0: And this is the thing, I don't fault them for it. I think it's interesting. I think the, I think their relationship seems genuine to me. I don't. Mm-hmm. I have no idea, but all good. Right. My point is, is that that's what people are modeling themselves after. Like the. Let's not even do Kanye. Let's talk about like Ian Connor. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this man who's allegedly going around raping women. Right. Um, and we can talk about the the whole Nat Turner thing as well if you want to, but um people are calling him dad. And I know that's like that's like internet slang or whatever, but it's also a serious issue. So right. you're modeling yourself off of this man who has completely disordered relationships with women. He's very like upfront about. About this, and and then Um, he's
1: allegedly carrying the virus.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I don't like to kind of demonize men for, or even women for having STDs or whatever, but um, because it happens, it happens to all of us. Um, But rape is is not something that I'm I'm down with uh, under any circumstances whatsoever. So it does trouble me that these people. these internet fuckboys, for the for lack of a better term, um are serving as the model for for these for these kids, for the cool kids. Right. Um you know. I mean, and it's not inconsistent with their peer their their elders, actually, the people that they then look up to.
1: No, no doubt, no doubt. I just, I just it's just I find it because I don't know a lot of Ian Connors. You know what I'm saying in real life? You know, I have a 16-year-old son and none of his friends are Ian Connors or I don't know if anyone at his whole school is a, like a, you know, like a internet type of or a rapper that has a a, a fan base and, and is living a fan style of life. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think everyday kids are necessarily Doing those things per se, I I do I do know that they see them and they uh that that enters the conversation that enters the culture at certain places, but I don't think it's as prevalent outside of the cool bubble or the entertainment bubble.
0: Hmm. And you don't think entertainment is kind of I, hegemonic what? in a way, like. That even the good kids and the the solid kids are influenced by.
1: No, I I I I, I do people. understand that that mm-hmm. it, they are influenced in certain ways. But like say in the crack era, right? And crack era Miami. When you talk about drug dealers and the influence they had, it was way just super prevalent as far as you could see it from. From the block all the way into the school, into parents' homes who who were solid parents, who now the cats is sitting on their porch selling crack. Like you could actually see how how they were affecting everything around us. And I don't think um it's as pervasive as
0: that. I'd like to submit to you that among me and my friends, it's mm-hmm. as pervasive as that.
1: Wow. <laughs> yeah, so y'all, y'all it, the cool people.
0: <laughs> so it might be it might be quiet. Um, I think women tend to tend to talk ama- among ourselves if mm-hmm. we talk at all about things like that because there's there's a lot of shame that goes along with being single or shame with not like getting the ring, mm-hmm. shame with being the side chick to the girl with the Becky with the you know whatever what is it
1: <laughs> Becky with the good hair?
0: Yeah, shame to being the side chick to the with, to the Becky with the good hair when you thought you you were just as dope as the next chick, right, but you're right. not because maybe your hair is nappier. You know what I right. mean? Um, and so you play the side chick because that's all you're gonna get. Like you may not be hearing those stories, but this the stories are, are there. I mean those um,
1: those stories have been around. Since.
0: Right. But I think the I think the dynamic has changed to a degree, specifically as it relates to black women. Right. Um and those are the women that i interact mostly with so those are the stories that i hear um, and it's a serious issue it's not it's it's prevalent it really is it, it is pervasive
1: so so when you're when you're out in the world and mm-hmm. you you're talking about men of this generation like what are the types of things that we're talking about what are the types of things we're seeing because uh, i'm not in the streets <laughs> so you know what I'm saying <laughs> you, you may be able to enlighten me a little better on who are these guys that we're dealing
0: with oh they can be anyone they can be anyone from the dude that that graduated from Harvard and has the banking job and yeah.
1: the and what is it what is the disturbing trend here with that guy or any guy what are what are some of the disturbing I'll tell you I mean I'll tell you,
0: you a you personal story um and maybe that this is the opposite of a trend. It's anecdotal, but um, the group of guys that I went to college with, for example, formed this crew, basically, or um, a subset of the group of guys I went to college It's Not all of the guys I went to college with. Um, and you went and to college at Harvard. Of, I did. I'm not trying to call them out like that. No, but not them. But you know. I did. I did. Okay. I did. I did. Um, and there are a bunch of guys who, admittedly, are light skinned and they they're fine. They're cool with. Being defined as such, mm-hmm. um, or defining their group as such, which I find objectionable. For first off, um, and their thing was listen, like the first women we fell in love with while watching porn were white women. So it makes all the sense <laughs> in the world that our wives are going to be all white, and that's that's how they roll. Dudes are light skinned with white wives, and that's and that's the justification for it. Now it sounds funny. <laughs> it sounds funny, but. A lot of women meet their future husbands in college, or right. or hope that they will, or whatever, or in that social circle somehow. Right, um, I get that. that.
1: I just didn't think guys, you know, fell in love with the porn star on the on the screen.
0: I mean, that that's their justification for it. Oh, okay. Those are the first women we felt were hot. So these are the women that we feel are hot now. Um, and so it's funny. You can dismiss it, whatever. Um, but it presents an issue to those of us who are listening to it. Um
1: now, it's not this not being dismissed. It's it's a thing where I never heard of no shit like that.
0: <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> it's happening at all levels.
1: I mean the first girls we fell in love with was on the block. Was that the was in 4th grade with us, you know what I'm saying? That started sprouting hips and you're like, "Oh shit,
0: okay." Yeah.
1: So that's I didn't, you know. I mean that's how I saw it.
0: And and this is the thing—they're cool with telling those stories to women who look nothing like that too. So these are our friends, and these are—and you're telling me that I'm not sexy because that's not who you—and—and and each to his own. But mm-hmm. when you when this becomes like a, a widespread thing, and you're hearing this not just from one or two people, because we mm-hmm. each have our individual individual preferences, um, it becomes—and—and and also I'd like to state that I'm not against interracial anything at all. Um, It just becomes, it just becomes problematic. Let me just put it that way.
1: A great business needs a stunning website. And with Wix.com, you can do it all by yourself. Wix.com makes it easy to look amazing online, no matter what type of business you're in. Show off your images in a beautiful gallery, grow your contact list, and get all of your social media in one place, just the way you want. Your customers are going to love it. So what are you waiting for? Show the world what you can do. Go to Wix.com and create your stunning website today. It's easy and free. Wix.com. W-I-X.com. Who's into the black? The blacks? Natural.
0: <laughs> Tall. I don't know. You tell me.
1: I mean, I thought I thought plenty of guys were. <laughs> I, shit. You know what I'm saying? In the world that I live in, it seemed like, you know, plenty of guys are into the... The the natural the, the the you know, saying the beautiful black women. Maybe okay. maybe you gotta come to Brooklyn. But maybe, maybe not. I don't know.
0: I <laughs> you're seeing something I'm not seeing. I mean shit, I don't Most know. Most of what, my friends are single.
1: I, I don't know I don't know what happens on the other side of the spectrum as far as when you in a relationship or how guys run a relationship or even what the dating scene is like. You know, I know from I know being on the dating scene in a previous time, you know what I'm saying? You when you're young, you're selfish, you know? It's mm-hmm. ha ha what can I do today for me? <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? It was it, you know, you wasn't thinking about a, a overarching issue. It was, "Hey, what's up? How you doing? What what can we get into?"
0: And this is and I don't want to I don't want to suggest that men are not attracted to to black women cuz that's ridiculous. Um what I am saying is that Um, when you get older you start to look for different things Mm -hmm. you're not trying to do you're not you're not just hooking up you're not you're not sort of doing that immature stuff that people do anymore and that's the expectation right Right. um so when you look at who's getting locked down and that's really what i'm talking about and when you start locking people down at our age it means usually something long term um it tends not to be the people that i know um and so, that's where that's where we see the rub. So it's not just about like, oh, she's fine, she, you know, whatever, cool. Like many, many men down to down to have sex with beautiful black women, of course. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to to add. Um, well, let me just leave it at that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but um, what I will say is that at a certain point, your your expectations change, and so. We're looking around like okay so who is ready to lock this down and i think this is why beyonce's lemonade became such a huge phenomenon because she spoke to just this very issue um and i never thought i'd be quoting beyonce songs never ever in my life (laughs) (laughs) you know i can't even now i can't even remember becky with the good hair at this (laughs) point but but the point is is that's become a tagline for this issue you know what i mean um and even she's she's talking about like fasting for 60 days because she wants to make herself more desirable for her man. And that's just outrageous.
1: That was the reason? What did you say? That was the reason why she did
0: that? Um, I uh, that was the theme of the, th- the song. Oh, right, She's right, talking about all the different things that she, all the different right, things that she did right, to right. try to make herself more desirable. Right. In the song, right? right yeah, right. and so she couldn't even get to the point where she was any match for Becky with the good hair. And that's, and we're talking about Beyonce, and it's just kind of like, um, that's what's happening. It really is, and I think that's why that's that whole thing struck such a huge chord.
1: So, the light skin exotical is.
0: And even more exotic than Beyonce, by the way. So let's, right, I mean... Non-black.
1: No, non-black, wavery. Okay.
0: And I'm not hating. I'm just saying... This no, is, no, I, I, like, I get it. Let's just understand what's happening.
1: Do you think it's just the big cities?
0: It's possible. So it's possible that my perspective is a little bit warped. I, I tend to... Not think that, but it's it's possible.
1: And and I know across the board, you know, what I'm saying, even back in the day in the '80s, you know, even when it was black, black, light skin, green eyes, wavy hair was a thing. You know, so that was. But I
0: felt like there was still room for everyone. Like we were talking about, there was like a balance happening. Yeah, because
1: it was more imbalance. I mean, when when, like, it, when it's black, black, you know, it's it's, it's, it's a limit. You know, it's, it's a finite number of light skin, green eyes, curly hair. So I felt like but, I
0: had male friends then who also like ran the spectrum equally.
1: Of course, of course. Yeah. But when you look at the media, it was always the light skin. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Instagram and all this other, you know, internet did break down the walls. Everybody has access to look at everything, mm-hmm. and then you have you have the messaging across the board of of people, the videos and who people choose, the casting of, you know, what they are making as the desirable archetype. What can we do?
0: (laughs) Like I said, talk among your friends.
1: Me tell my friends.
0: Talk among your friends.
1: What should we talk about? I need need some points. I need some talking points (laughs) so I can (laughs) take some notes and shit because I'm obviously out the loop.
0: Well, I mean, I think I would start with the most fuckboyish among them, um, and I'm sure you know who I those are. I don't have no fuckboy friends. I don't believe you, <laughs> and it's all relative, so so fuckboyish, I say, okay. meaning like whoever's on that side of the spectrum, because you don't mm-hmm. want to be preaching to the choir, mm-hmm. so that's step one, um, and then I think... The question that my friend started with was, was an interesting one, which is where did you first learn to be sexual or mm-hmm. to have sex? Because um, I think That's, that that's gives... a pretty
1: weird question from man to man.
0: It's You have to hey talk dog, about it.
1: Hey, dog, where you first learned how to have sex? No, you shit.
0: don't have to, you have to do like <laughs> weird eyes. <laughs>
1: well, you know what I'm saying and shit.
0: <laughs> you can just be straightforward about it. These are conversations that mature people can think, have. I don't think
1: men are that that uh invasive.
0: No, this is I mean I mean, you know, I think you are joking around with me and to a degree I think but I think you're hitting on something that is probably really important as well, which is this kind of toxic masculinity that we deal with. Yeah. That somehow that stuff is not masculine. No, that that is
1: not masculine, it's just not comfortable.
0: Well, I think part of it is not comfortable because it's this idea that that
1: the Pauls culture
0: yeah there's an issue around masculinity and and somehow the gender stuff also gets confused with the sexuality stuff mm-hmm. somehow i'm not sure why and we can talk about thugger too if we want if we want to start talking about that as well um but and his album cover
1: um that's all the way on the, that's, that's that's all the way out there
0: but the reaction to it has to do with this toxic masculinity thing that we're talking about, mm. and it has to do with with communication and and how we communicate and um, and even even this idea that oh every dude that I know has to approve of the chick that I'm trying to date like why are you sending around pictures of the of the girl that you're trying to date for all your dudes approval like what is that about so you need your you need your other your friends to affirm your masculinity you can't affirm your own masculinity or you can't be affirmed in your relationship. That's, that's fuck boyish. Um, but it happens all the time, right? After high school? Men need, yes. Kanye needs approval of his woman. Like right. men need approval of the of the woman that they date. Right, right, right. Um, and I don't know if this is, um, you know, they need a, approval of how many children they've had. They need approval uh, sort of, of even the gender of their children. Like, they're somehow more masculine if they've had more boys, you know, um, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I don't know if this is an issue of not really having fathers around to teach you how to stand in your own masculinity. Right, right, right. And so you need the approval of, of other of substitutes. Um, but these are things that you would better be able to speak to, and these are things right. that you should address to your, your male oh, friends.
1: Yeah, I, I guess so. I grew up, with a single dad, mm-hmm. so totally different. It was totally different situation, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, <clears throat> all right, we're gonna put that on the list too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying we're gonna talk to fuck boys about sex and relationships that they grew up under. But I think a lot of times when you when you do talk about relationships that you grew up under, mm-hmm. now for me, we something I could talk to is Growing up with a single father, you don't really get an idea of, of what a love relationship looks like. You know what I'm saying inside your house. You know what I mean. So by you know eight years old, my parents were divorced. So you know, I didn't. I didn't have a day to day. You know he had he had friends and you know saying girlfriends and you know what I'm saying he didn't bring too many people home, which is good. And but it's bad when you don't never get to see it. You don't really understand how it works. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I learned how loving relationships work from talking to different girls. You know what I'm saying? Interesting. So, you're on the phone and it's like yeah, da da da, da and you hear some parents in the background and you listening to what they saying, how they interact and how they interact with the kid and you sitting there with no damn supervision. Like that is interesting.
0: <laughs> you know okay. what I'm
1: saying? And so, this one particular family, <clears throat> I based a lot of what I do now off of this one particular family just from a girl that I was talking to. Wow. You know what I mean? And it was just kind of osmosis. Like, it wasn't like it was in my house. So, I was like, oh, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that. Oh, I like... And and that family had four daughters. And I was just like, damn, how they... Date? live with four daughters and manage that and they all you know they all look good mm-hmm. so I'm like he must have patience of Job so you watch how he interacted and how they eventually how they loved him how they respect him and that became the model like okay shit I want my kids to to treat me like that. Okay. So that's how I added shit to my little you know what I'm saying but inside my house it wasn't there. And I think a lot of people grow up nowadays in houses where, where there's no love relationship. You know, it's go to work, come home. You know, get had to get shit done. Maybe you have some boyfriends, girlfriends over here, or maybe they do have both parents there. And a lot of those times, you have both parents there, and they're still going through something.
0: Well, I'd like you to ask your friends. Um, <laughs> yeah, go, actual <laughs> <ask your> friends. <laughs> I'd like you to ask them. <laughs> What kind of um, you know, models for relationships they had in their houses growing up. That, that's on the list. Yeah.
1: What was the model? Mm-hmm. We're gonna ask our listeners. Okay. What was the model of relationships that you grew up under? Now this is deep. We you know what I'm saying we usually just funny games up here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's real shit now. You know, see I just you know, it's, it's important. It's, it's important. Let's have this discussion.
0: And I wanna hear from the men in and, particular.
1: And if you don't want to put it in the comments, you know, you can send me the snap, you know what I'm saying, on the private link, you know what I'm saying, so everybody don't have to be in your business.
0: Excellent. I can't right. wait to but, hear. But so
1: but we we really need the feedback in order for me to have a, a intelligent, you know what I'm saying, discourse about this.
0: So as far as toxic masculinity, you know what I'm talking about when I say this, right?
1: Yeah. Um. I guess well, I don't. I don't know. You had to break it down for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's this idea that men feel that they have to behave a certain way to be okay. defined as as men. Okay. Um. That it's not really an individual thing. That it's it's this kind of group think about what defines. Um, okay. What defines men mm-hmm. as men, and it's very almost kind of primal in a way. I get it. Um. And I'm wondering, as a man, how you feel about feel about that. So you were saying it's a little bit uncomfortable to ask another man about sex. And I'm mm-hmm. in my mind, I'm thinking, why is it uncomfortable to ask another man about sex when you all talk well, about it all the time? Like we talk about fucking.
1: We don't really talk about sex.
0: Right. You see the issue with that. <laughs> yeah. Right? Exactly. Okay. I know. That's
1: what I mean. It just I'm putting it out there. That's that's how it usually goes when you're growing up you have fuck stories. You don't have making love stories, sex stories because of that what you're talking about, the masculinity. So yeah. so now when you when you come in like you know, you got like I said before, you have this whole pause culture, you know, it, we, when we first started doing the the podcast, mm. it was always a pause moment like hey, yo, pause because of the whole thing. It's like, you know, it's just something that just that you don't really talk about with other men. You don't have that 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 uh, model of communication. The model that was set up for us was, you know, was in very compartmentalized. It wasn't, you know, let's talk about everything and our feelings and all that shit. Like feelings and emotions wasn't even part of the whole, the program.
0: So who do you talk about feelings and emotions with? Your, your girlfriends or?
1: <clears throat> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Like, now, as a grown man, I could talk about anything with, with, you know, my tier one friends. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Which is a very short group. You know, I don't just, hey, guy, what's up? At the bar with some motherfucker (laughs) talking about, you know what I'm saying? Shit. Um, But as an adult, as a, you know what I'm saying, I always had friends who I dealt with on more of a, C- cerebral or, or spiritual level, mm-hmm. and those types of people you could talk about those kind of things because they're good stewards of your information. Okay, you know what I mean. A lot of times, a lot of people not good stewards of your information, and they, tr- and they hear some some wild shit, and they go, <laughs> and then next thing you know, <laughs> you know
0: what I'm saying? That motherfucker over there. Is That's rip, true. You That's know? true. So, with women as well.
1: With women as well. Right. But I do have a, a close core. A that I can talk about different shit with. Yeah. Some more than and others. And that's important. And, you know.
0: So I'd like to pull, I'd like you to pull your friends on that issue as well. What's who that? do they have that they can talk to about issues other than fucking that involve sex? <laughs> do you know what I mean around sex?
1: But but you were talking about toxic masculinity. masculinity.
0: yes. Who can they not, How can? who can they be non-toxic with? Mm-hmm. So that's I'd like I'd like you to encourage that conversation because that's important. Can you imagine not being able to have those kinds of conversations with someone? And, And
1: and many people that don't have those conversations at all.
0: And that is a scary thing.
1: But everybody's not having layered conversations.
0: That's when you send a woman who's not at all interested in your dick a random dick pic. Well, well, you're not having because that
1: conversation can happen to any. That's like an unfiltered, just just whatever internet shit you could just do that.
0: It and speaks to a lack of sensitivity and social kind of yeah, um, people are disconnected. Yeah, very disconnected. They're
1: very disconnected from real shit when you could just send some shit and then it just goes into the world and nothing. You no, know, and there's no dis- repercussions to it.
0: Yeah, and that disconnect is really damaging to people. Mm-hmm. If you're only feeling disconnected communication throughout most of your day, there's nothing to feed your soul. You know what I mean? So people are just but, wandering around um, really empty.
1: But don't you, don't like I see, this one. the thing that I see is that with, especially in New York, with mm-hmm. so much going on, even before the, the, the internet stuff, just so much going on that you can fill your day up with shit. Just things. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go here. I'm gonna go to work. Then I'm gonna go to this class. Then I'm gonna go to that. And we're gonna go to this this cocktail circuit party. Then I'm gonna go to the club. Then go to sleep. Go back. Start again. So where you know, I always used to see people in relationships. Like I always tell, like you know, women friends that <clears throat> in a relationship, it's it's very important to dig deeper than the surface. It's from just how you're telling me I should ask questions. I believe that in relationships, women should ask more questions, you know? And because through college, you could skirt through a whole relationship and talk about nothing.
0: Mm.
1: You could go from, you could go from, hey, what you doing today? I ain't doing nothing better than that. Come through, right? And then you come through, then you might go to the movies. You don't have to talk in the movies. You know, you slide, get something to eat, come back home, do your business, and then you're gone. And you could do that semester after semester after semester. And you could know somebody but not know somebody. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You could could slide through a relationship without ever having to say much about yourself at all.
0: I mean, I think people do that now. They do that as adults,
1: grown Mm -hmm. people. There's
0: people in marriages that don't crack the surface. Because it becomes more about what this person can do for me, and less about what this person, is, who this person is, and a connection. So it's it's. I think mean, we're so driven by capitalism too. So that's another whole other subject. Yeah. But it's it's really like, what does this person look like? Is this is the woman? Now it's about like, is the woman bringing money to the table? Right. Um. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm just I just
1: don't think I think there's a certain thing where. Where you could consume so much that that you don't have a interest in going a little deeper. Right. No nobody cared. Like, for me, a big thing, a big get over, like when you're just out there messing with women, da da, doing your thing, a big get over was just being interested in the information. So, hey, mm-hmm. what did you want to be when you was in the third grade? Uh, I wanted to be such and such. I forgot all about that. Yes. And Then you then you go deeper and investigate it and then you end up into a whole nother world mm-hmm. that nobody else is going to fuck with. And I think that people miss out a lot on their own relationships by just skirting by on the issues of the day and skirting by now, on surface shit.
0: You actually mentioned something really interesting too because I feel like a lot of dude feminists and actually a certain segment of the fuckboy population also get over on even just doing a little bit more than everyone else is doing. So no, that's part of that's part of their whole smoke and mirrors kind of thing that, that is, they do, which is, oh, let me let me say all the right things and really actually be interested in this woman, because I know that she'll respond almost like in a hyperbolic way, because I know that she's not getting this from anybody else.
1: And that's a real thing. yeah. But you know what I'm saying, you know
0: But they also end up being that same dude at the end of the day.
1: No doubt. A lot of but, them. but but see the, the thing is is that's when that's when relationship and conversation has to be two way. It has to be a conversation. It can't you can't just let somebody dig all your information. It's, oh it's, right, it's in that's the, true. It's in the pimp book. <laughs> in the Iceberg Slim Pimp book It uh-huh. says you have, to, you, you, you have to Get the life story up front And you have to be a secret to them You know what I'm ah. saying And when you're a secret to them Then they're giving you all of this You know all of this stuff You know how to move them You know how to move them in the right direction
0: Interesting
1: So it has to be two way
0: Okay so women it has to be two way
1: It has to be You have to understand as much about them As they know about you or more
0: Excellent. I've learned something here today.
1: Well, I'm glad we got to.
0: <laughs> so I'd like to talk about something else, which I'd li- I need you to put on your list as well. Okay. I know we're wrapping up soon, which is shocking to me. It is shocking. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd like you to talk to your male friends about erectile dysfunction. You're going deep.
1: Hey man, your dick get (laughs) hot.
0: I'm not even joking because this is also another issue that that women are dealing with and talking about. So you might as well talk about it among yourselves because we're talking about it. Okay, what do you say about this? Um, As much as there are a gazillion dick pics Mm -hmm. floating around, Anthony Wieners included. in real life, there are a bunch of very flaccid penises, and this is something that I'm not not trying to make fun of. What I'm mm-hmm. saying is, it's also part of the issue. So it's now
1: always flaccid, or or it becomes flaccid within a relationship.
0: Oh, the no, no, I'm saying or from j- the beginning. From so, the beginning, like, you enticed me partially with your good uh, looks and charm, r- dick pic. and <laughs> now you you
1: actually had a a, a dick pic person come to the table and couldn't get it out
0: yeah shit (laughs) who even knows if it was their actual i mean it 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 could be these could be things pictures from off the internet that people are sending around you never know so so i'm not even joking when i say this i'd like to know the phenomenon behind the what seems like a rampant issue of um of erectile dysfunction in people that seem to be too young to have that be an issue. Maybe it has something to do with the porn. Right. Maybe it does. I'd like to get to the bottom of it.
1: Because, I mean, this that's another thing with, with porn is, like, just the, the expectations of what sex is supposed to be based on that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: based on, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, a fake situation. Like you can't, you can't,
0: fuck it, that's unsustainable I know I know
1: So maybe, and maybe it has something to do with that I, I think I it does,
0: I think it has to do with a lot of things that we've talked about today Which is the porn issue um, The communication issue mm-hmm.
1: um, But is, is, is broke dicks uh, Is rampant in guys that you're seeing nowadays? Yes Shit
0: and it's not even something that I feel. I would never want to be the person that really calls you out on that because I know how scarring and damaging that is. Which is why I'd like you to talk among yourselves.
1: But do they? Do they try? Yeah,
0: or? and they pretend like it's not. It's actually not happening when it is. And you don't want to be the one. How does that one, even like, work? Like, how do you get there? You, just picture it.
1: Okay, I'm oh, there. We're doing our thing.
0: And maybe it's like, you know, maybe it's like a little bit there, but then it's not. All the way. Maybe it's back and forth and whatever. And then Mm. you act like it slipped out, but it's really just that it went. shrinking. Right. Mm. So there's all that happening. And this happens in relationships. It happens when you go out and get a little drunk or maybe you're high or whatever you're doing.
1: But say you're in a relationship, right? Mm -hmm. And things start off right. Mm-hmm. you know things working really well mm-hmm. and then at a certain point does it, it break off
0: i mean i assume this happens in relationships yes
1: it had never happened in one of your relationships
0: it has not actually usually when it's broken it's broken from the beginning so i've you know what has happened is sexual interests may wane mm-hmm. here and there and you go through periods and passages or whatever um, but the whole flaccid penis thing is not. Really Are you like
1: been... bullying these guys when you get in the room? Why would I? Motherfucker, get it up! You'd Why like, oh, would I shit. don't even?
0: I don't even talk about it when it's not. And again, because I don't want to be the person that. But
1: do you like make a long sigh?
0: <sighs> nope, never. I've never embarrassed a dude about that because I don't think it's worth. I don't think that's not a think thing you're you embarrass. embarrassing
1: him. Nope. But just a little subtleties.
0: I'm extra sensitive. I want you to talk among yourselves. This is not something that women need but, to put. Well, I, I about. need the
1: information. though. shit, man. No, I need, I, I've I need never embarrassed. St- I've never started information.
0: I've never embarrassed or shamed a dude about this issue because I don't believe that's what women should do.
1: <sighs> okay.
0: I I think you should address it. I should address it. Yes, Okay. With your friends, hey put guys. that on the list.
1: Hey guys. Um, Ed. Yeah. If you want to send me something about that on Snapchat, please no pics, <laughs> please, okay. But we could talk about it, okay?
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I'd like to hear what what everybody has to say for our information as women.
1: All right, because no a doubt.
0: lot of times we blame ourselves, and we shouldn't. No, I mean, no.
1: no, 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 no. I'm not saying that you should blame yourself. That's not where I was going. For okay. <laughs>
0: okay. Shit. <laughs>
1: I was going to ask, you know, really quickly, why would, not? I can't say why would women blame themselves, but.
0: Because we think we're not sexy enough, because that's what we're getting reinforced everywhere else. We think we're not hot enough.
1: When was the last time you felt hot enough? Um... <laughs>
0: probably yesterday no but (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah but i'm just saying we're talking in in general um and i think that's i think that's probably why that we're not affirmed in other areas and then when this happens you're like oh damn maybe i'm not hot enough maybe i'm not and a lot of times the men will make that clear like oh you know that'll it's it's again blaming us
1: Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back and do some investigative conversations in some very uncomfortable places, but we're going to do it and see what happens.
0: Fantastic. I can't wait to hear and about we'll, it.
1: We'll follow up, and you know what I'm saying, if I get any information from, from guys, men, and fuck boys alike, Then we have you back, and we'll 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 motherfucking um, bring the conversation to a
0: higher plane. Fantastic! I can't wait.
1: So let them know where you're gonna be.
0: Um, what is that? Is that some cue for social media? uh,
1: Instagram. uh, Where can they follow you? Where can they find you? I know you at those people in a few weeks, and you're gonna. I don't know. Google
0: me, Felicia Megan Gordon. I'm all over the internet.
1: Megan Gordon, she's all over the internet.
0: Yeah, it's easy a, to find. That's a good
1: one. Alright, y'all. I'm gonna be at Thorough TV. Y'all catch me on the Snap, T-H-O-R-O-T V, Mr. Muhammad on Instagram. And until next week, tell a friend to tell a friend and even the enemy to get in the conversation. Yeah.